This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. everybody to episode 28 i am craig your host for the holland assets podcast and with me as always is the actual expert chris how's it going i'm doing well how are you doing craig uh it's it's all right it's been uh, it's been a long day but we're gonna finish it out with some nice podcasting i'm really actually looking forward to it uh so now this episode chris another month has gone by and we're gonna be covering financials in this episode do you want to give us a quick spoiler before we get to the housekeeping stuff yeah, sure. It, it's uh, October was uh, not too bad of a month. Not our best month, but better than some of the months we've had recently. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Well, that's good. I mean, seems like it's uh, you know it's been a lot of uh, unexpected bad news and difficulties on the road and that sort of thing. So it's nice to hear that it's you know maybe picking up a little bit. Yeah, it, it hasn't been a perfect month in that regard, but uh, a step in the right direction, and so. Um, we'll get into that as we go on. All right. Well, we'll take what we can get. So I do want to remind everybody, Chris, uh, that they can go to hollandassetsllc.com to access the full show notes and past episodes. Uh, as you have remarked, and I think it's a good thing to mention every once in a while, these episodes really kind of are meant to be uh, consumed front to back. So start with episode one and catch up to us if you haven't done so, because there's uh, we're, we're trying to tell the story of what it's like to start a trucking company and Chris, you're out there doing it, and so I think it's going to be really fascinating for people if they start from the beginning, right? Yeah, definitely. You can eat most of the episodes. I mean, you can really listen to on a, a you know, a, as itself on its own, standalone. But the the podcast in itself is really meant to be listened to in order from the beginning, so you kind of get a better picture of the entire story. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Chris, now that we've got some of that out of the way. I'll got to ask you as usual what's happening on the road how are things going out there you know for the most part things have been going pretty smooth the last week um i do have a little bit of a follow-up to last week's episode on the uh, don't get screwed by the brokers <laughs> that sounds ominous okay yeah, it's uh, it actually starts out if you remember a couple weeks ago th- this this is like the um, story that just doesn't end because we talked a little bit about it in the last episode and I told the entire story two episodes ago but you remember the uh, the story of uh, the load that I had that had three picks so I, I had to pick up at three different locations I get to the third location you remember what happened there I yeah the the weight distribution was wrong and they had to or, or they refused to unload you or something right yeah. So anyway, the third pickup decided, you know what, we're because you can't get the right weights on your your uh, tandems. We're just you're, we're not going to have you take this entire section of the load. And so I'd called to the broker and the broker authorized it and said, OK, go ahead and just just leave, deliver the rest of the load and you'll be good. OK. And so so far, so good. So anyway, um, this week, the uh, my factoring company, I Thrive Funding, um, was doing a little bit of follow-up on it and you know requesting payment. And come to behold, the broker says, well, 
the driver just left the facility without getting loaded, without any authorization, uh, kind of gave him a run around, said, hey, we're not sure that we're going to pay this load. And, you know, that kind of uh, freaks you out a little bit. I'll say. So a- anyway, you know, Jake, my dispatcher, kind of he gets involved in the whole situation again and is, you know, he, uh, he he's kind of funny. He gets kind of hot under the collar when things like that happen, which is really good to have because he kind of bulldogs it. And anyway, Jake's super smart. He's been doing this for a long time. He records all of the phone calls that he makes. And so he's the one that actually, yeah, he's the one that actually called the broker, got the authorization, has the recording of that conversation. And we are going to, um, and and the broker said, well, okay, if that's the case, you know, the, the account manager that we were talking to said, okay, if that's the case, send me the audio file. So Jake's done that. And and it sounds like that's going to resolve it. Um, but still, it shouldn't have to come to that. I mean, it, it, I, I think we're going to be safe, but uh, we'll find out for sure when the check comes in the mail. So so let me see if I've got the timeline right here. The uh, Jake, your dispatcher, calls the broker and says, hey, here's the situation. And the broker says, I've got everything handled. Tell tell Chris he can go. So you go. Uh, and then what the, the broker was lying through their teeth? I, you know, it, so it, the broker's Coyote, which is a, a pretty big, brokerage I, I think if I remember right they're actually owned by UPS okay and um, they the way that they work their loads are kind of funny because like a, a, a million different people have their hands on that same load so you've got an account manager you've got a sales rep you've got their just kind of regular dispatchers within coyote and nobody really wants to take accountability for kind of what happened because nobody you know it's not really one person's end all be all on that load and so um just being hopped around from one person to the next they you know one person says yeah you're good another person says no you're not and it was late at night it was like 11 o'clock at night so when we were talking on the phone trying to get it all resolved it was kind of a night crew that was handling things at that point they're the ones who actually gave the authorization to leave but you know obviously still it's a coyote rep and we should be able to go off of what they say and so um, when the salesperson kind of, I think, got a hold of what happened, they're the one that's kind of pitching a fit. And, um, you know, if, if, if we couldn't prove that we had actually been told by somebody at Coyote that we were okay to go, then we probably would have been in trouble. But because we've got that audio file that we can show that we had, in fact, despite what they say, have been told we can go, we, we should be safe. And, you know, the whole, the moral of this story and, and the lesson learned is, you know, don't trust what a broker says verbally. If they tell you to do something and it's one of those things that's going to affect your pay, it's going to affect your ability to arrive on time or, you know, anything like that that could have negative consequences to you, get it in writing. Or if you're like Jake or for, record the phone call, that's easy. You know, some people don't necessarily have that set up like he does, but one way or another, you've got to be able to provide them proof that they did say what they said. You know, it's like any business transaction, get it in writing. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So the other possible moral to, moral to this story, and I want you to tell me if this is, uh, if this tracks with your experience, but it kind of sounds like you know, I'm sure that there are benefits to going with a large or to having a large brokerage and, you know, the, the giant bureaucracy that comes with that. And uh, But I wonder if this is an argument in favor of smaller brokers where, you know, if you can use a if you can cultivate relationships with 
smaller brokers where you can understand who it is that you're dealing with and it's not just you know night rep number 287b um does that does that make sense yeah absolutely and i totally agree with that i mean that's definitely one of the downsides of working with a with a bigger brokerage like that is is a lot of the times the people don't have as much they don't care as much because that it's not their um it's not their company it's not their company and they're just a big fish in a, or a little fish in a big pond and um, sometimes don't have as much pride in what they do. And um, they're ultimately their name's not the one that's on the line. And so, you know, sometimes they're just, they throw up their hands and say, screw it. Right. Right. Well, that's uh, it's hopefully it all shakes out. It sounds like it should be all right in the end here. I think so, but uh, stay tuned. I'll, I'll, it's, I'm guessing as long as this one's going out, we're, we'll probably give another update sometime in the future. Right. Well, you know, there's uh, a, an old podcast I used to listen to, gosh, uh, how old am I now? Like 15 years ago. Uh, and one of their big points, this is a business podcast that talked all about how uh, until you've got something, you've got nothing. So until that check is in your hand, right, you've got you've got nothing. Yeah, that's that's ultimately what's what we're all here for. And so at that point, once we get the check in the mail, then we'll know if it's resolved or not. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hopefully it works out well, but uh, maybe we want to shift then off of uh, brokers and talk about your October financials. Uh, what do you say, Chris? Yeah, let's 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 move on to the good news. <laughs> all right. So tell me what the good news is. All right. So like, like I mentioned at the beginning, October has been a pretty, pretty decent month. Not a not a crash through the ceiling. Fantastic month, but but pretty good nonetheless. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of go start off going through the numbers. And again, all these numbers are going to be posted on um, Holland Assets LLC dot com show notes. Just go to episode 28. Um, October financials is the title of it. And you'll be able to see all this information. Plus I'll have the profit and loss statement and the balance sheet on there so that, uh, everybody can kind of track that as well and kind of, kind of see, um, see what's been going on. So anyway, um, total miles ran for the month, 10,251, which is really kind of right in line with what, uh, with what's normal. Yeah. Um, one of the good things that kind of helped the profitability this month is we were really low on deadhead miles, only 490 miles deadhead. So that's uh, so, is the that miles you're doing without a load. Correct. Yeah. It's like going from one load to the next, you know, in between loads, gotcha. that, that kind of thing. And and most, you know, last month, I think we were closer to about 10 percent of our miles were deadhead miles this time, less than 5 percent. So that's a that's a less than half of the deadhead miles. And controlling your deadhead miles is something really important. The, the lower you can get, the better off you are. In fact, I think the load I'm on right now is one of the lowest deadheads I've ever had. I'm I'm actually was like seven miles from where I dropped off to where I'm picking up. Nice. Yeah, nice. it's 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 good. So uh, what what uh, was your total revenue this month? Total revenue was just under $18,000, which was actually about $3,000 less than, than last month. So our, our total revenue, obviously, a little bit lower. But uh, what really matters is the bottom line is higher. And we'll kind of get that get to that in the end. But let me let me talk really quick. I guess one thing, one of the reasons that revenue was down lower, because it it shouldn't have been quite as low as it was um, based on the number of miles. The number, the 10,000 miles is kind of in par with where I, I'm usually at, somewhere between that 10 to, to 12,000 miles in a month. You know, 11,000 is probably more average or so a little bit less than average. Um, 
the one of the biggest reasons is I, I referred to this and talked a little bit about this. I think it was last week's podcast where I had one of my loads that uh, I had been paid on from iThrive, my factoring company. Um, the broker actually never ended up paying iThrive. So it was a $2,500 load. And when, you know, if, if you remember right, when I took that load, I kind of took it against iThrive's recommendation because the um, broker didn't have any history in any way it all fell apart and it didn't pay. And so because iThrive had warned me and said, we're only gonna take it on what's called a recourse basis, meaning if this load defaults, I'm gonna be on the hook for it. I was on the hook and I have to pay back that 2,500 bucks. So that's a, a big reason the uh, um, revenue was down. Uh, as as much as it was, but iThrive actually kind of helped me out a little bit because they um, allowed me to break that twenty five hundred dollars that I had to pay back to them across a, a little bit of time. So I'm essentially paying half of it in October. So um, revenue was down about twelve hundred fifty bucks because of that. And then and that, that's going to be the case again next month as well. It it is. It's going to be the case again in November because um, I'm going to have to pay that back then as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so that the total revenue. Now I'm trying to recall my lessons from previous episodes here, Chris. We want to uh, we want to take that over your mileage, right? So we get a per mile rate. And how's that per mile rate doing? So it, uh, again, it was down because of, and a big piece of that is because of that uh, Jenkins was the broker on it Jenkins National they're out of business obviously um, uh, but it was down to a dollar 74 uh, and a big chunk of that drop is because of because of that load but let me let me talk a little bit about uh, you know this is one of the things that having a good business partner is really important because there's a lot of factoring companies out there that would say okay you've got to pay this twenty five hundred dollars I've I've seen and talked to people heard lots of stories where the uh, the factoring company will kind of wait in the background, and as soon as you submit another invoice that's for say higher than that amount, say you've got a three thousand dollar load, they're gonna without even telling you take that whole twenty five hundred bucks out of one load, one fell swoop without any warning, and all of a sudden you're out of money that you're expecting to get. Um, so that's where you want to be kind of a little bit more picky about the factoring company you choose because some are gonna be a little bit more flexible in that kind of thing. Like with iThrive, what they did with me, you know, obviously I'm an owner of iThrive, but again, we, we have that relationship and, and iThrive is treating me just like any other driver. And iThrive would do this for, and we do this all the time for other clients where, you know, whether it's a, a vehicle breakdown, a short pay on a load or a load like this that goes bad, that, that, um, ultimately, um, the, the carrier is responsible for iThrive will break that apart, let you take it over a, a reasonable amount of time. So it, it's not one big hit on your, your, uh, pocketbook like right. uh, like it happens a lot of the times kind of reminds me of what you were saying an episode or two ago about transactional relationships versus long-term relationships and this idea that you know hey give me my money right now i don't care what your situation is uh it'll get them their money right away presumably but uh, it's not going to really endear them to you and make you want to stick around as a client right yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, with all my businesses, that's we try to have that relationship, long lasting relationship that we build rather than the transactional relationship. And so that's the way I thrive works is we understand what it's like being in this business and it and it's hard. And 
you know, we try to partner with our, our clients and, and, um, help them out as much as we can within reason. And, and if they, you know, if something happens that makes them go out of business, it's not good for any of us. And so we try to do everything we can to help them stick around and get through some of those rough patches. This episode of Holland Assets is brought to you apparently by iThrive Funding. <laughs> <laughs> go to go to iThriveFunding.com. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a plug, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're shameless, Chris. Shameless. We are we are shameless. No, that's absolutely. A, I you know, I, I feel like if we can work it in organically like that, people will forgive us. I hope so. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, kind kind of the point is uh I, again, I think I mentioned it last, was it last month that I, I talked a little bit about my businesses? You know, we're, I, I do have businesses in the industry, full disclosure, everybody, I, I want to know that. This podcast is free material for anybody. But the one thing we would ask is you do your due diligence on business relationships you want to have, but we'd love to have a shot at it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, let's talk then. Let's get back to the financials here, Chris. And uh, you've mentioned that you're, uh, your revenue was down a little bit. Your miles were down a little bit. Um, but it sounds like in order to turn a profit, because you said that this month was pretty good, your expenses must have been down a little bit too. Yeah, expenses definitely were down, especially compared with last month. We had a bunch <laughs> right. of repairs and things go happen last month. Um, the only one major repair we had this month was uh, the alternator on my um, reefer broke down. Ooh. And uh, I, I can't believe, I mean, it was not crazy well i think it's crazy expensive actually 1200 bucks to repair an alternator on on the reefer um, i've done you know alternators in my car and you know a couple hundred bucks but 1200 bucks for a reefer now with that being said it broke down on a saturday um so i had to pay the weekend rates which never is a good thing right it was kind of a it was kind of an interesting story because um, what ended up happening was the alternator itself. I mean, it, it was the original alternator and, you know, my reefer's not brand new, but the tensioner had the bolt that keeps the tensioner in place had broken. And so it put a bunch of tension onto that belt, which ultimately really quickly wore out the, uh, the alternator bearing and it caused it to seize up, seize up. Well, it seized up right outside of Kansas city. And I was literally, when I, 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 the the reefer signal the reefer gives me a signal that there's some kind of issue I pull off as soon as I can look at it see that it's completely um, shut down and um, were so you I, were you I, carrying a refrigerated load at the time I was I was under yeah I was under a frozen load I think that I had the reefer temperature at zero degrees wow so that that always kind of makes you a little bit nervous but luckily. You know, it was a Saturday, so you think, oh, crap, crap I'm going to, they're not going to be open, which which they weren't, but they all have, I, I call, found the closest Thermal King. Um, they all have after hours places. I call the after hours number. Lo and behold, I was less than 10 miles away. There was actually a mechanic at the shop working, just finishing up another job. I literally pull into the Thermal King as he's pulling the trailer out of the bay for the one that he just fixed puts me in and had me although it was 1200 bucks had me back on the road in less than two hours nice okay yeah and i was it's kind of interesting i was talking to him a little bit about you know when they break down you know how much time do you have before you start worrying about um, issues with the load and he says it's usually about four to six hours oh that's actually a lot longer than i would have expected now 
it is October in this story, right? So it's uh, maybe you've got a little more time than if it were July. Yeah, it was the beginning of October. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't super um, hot outside, but, you know, it was uh, it was decent temperatures. It was okay. probably in the 60s or 70s or so. All right. Well, okay. So uh, you did have some expenses still, some unexpected expenses, but they were generally down because, uh, you know, you weren't de- dealing with any wildlife trying to tackle your truck or... Uh, uh, whatever else has happened to you over the last few months yeah no i didn't i didn't have to get towed no tow bills nothing yeah. like that so yeah it was <laughs> it, it could have been worse yeah no kidding okay so tell me about uh those those are your unexpected expenses but now tell me about some of the other ones that we go through uh we've talked about fixed expenses and uh you know per mile expenses before and maybe we run through a couple of those yeah, the, the big expense that I kind of want to talk a little bit to, about today is fuel. All right, so fuel is kind of the biggest expense that I want to talk about today. And you know, before we really even kind of jump into that, let's talk a little bit about expenses in general. Um, trucking is really a business of managing your expenses. Profit margins in the trucking industry are lower than in most industries. We've mentioned that in the past. And so more so in trucking than any other in most other industries out there, it's super important that you do what you can to manage and control those expenses. So every every dollar that you save is a dollar that that of, of increased profit. And and where margins are so thin in the trucking industry, it's just it's critical that you manage those. With fuel this month, there are two things that I I was able to do that really kind of help save a little bit of money. One of them is going to be actually really long term. So I was talking to a guy that owns a, a, a medium-sized trucking company that I've gotten to know over the years. And he actually has his own bulk fuel system on his property uh, where he um, is able to you know, purchase fuel kind of more at the wholesale level, fill his trucks, and it saves him you know, obviously quite a bit of money in fuel. And the more fuel he's able to, to purchase, the better rate he gets on what he purchases. And so... Um, he's more than happy to let me come in, you know, buy fuel from him at a little bit more than his cost. So he makes a little bit money at it, which still ultimately ultimately saves me kind of depending on fuel prices at the time, anywhere from 10 to 30 cents a gallon. And I can go fuel at his facility, save myself some money. So it saves me money. He purchases more fuel, so he's able to get his fuel at an even lower price. And so it's kind of a win-win situation for everybody. Yeah, and no so good. now anytime I'm in Utah, which is where I feel about 25% of the time, I, I'm i gonna get a save 10 to 30 cents a gallon, which is awesome. And which e- even more so on top of that is his def, I, I, this is what flabbergasted me, I couldn't even believe it. His def is half the price of what I pay for it at a retailer, which you know, I'm, I'm only spending, you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a month in death, but still, I mean, that that means I'm going to save fifty to seventy-five bucks a month just in death alone. I mean, that's that's not insignificant. No, that's uh, I'd, I'd say so. And how do you know this guy? I and mean, this is somebody that you just uh, a relationship you cultivated, or an old friend of yours, or what? Yeah, a, a guy, you know, a guy that I met through the Utah Trucking Association, um, just with my relationship with that organization, and. Um, you know, got to know him and, and one day we started talking about fuel and he said, Hey, come fuel at my, my spot. So that's kind of, you know, another one of the lessons learned. Another tip for everybody is networking super important. There are guys like him who 
you know, he's he's been around for a while and he has a, you know, I, I think about a hundred truck truck fleet and he started out small just like I did, just like probably most of our listeners did. And he he understands what it's like and he wants to do nothing more than than help somebody else trying to get a good foot on the ground. And you find people like that and it's it's beneficial. And so that's one of those situations where. You know, the Utah Trucking Association has been a good place to develop those relationships for me. Most states have some kind of association like that. Some of them are better than others. Um, Utah is, <clears throat> I think, for the most part, is pretty good. But to be 100% honest, I mean, I think they do a better job of um, working with with bigger fleets and they really do the small guy, but there's still a lot of value that you can get by something by being part of that organization and going to some of their events, meeting other drivers, um, other trucking company owners. And, and even if they do do a better job with the bigger fleets that there still is some advantage for smaller guys like us to, to be part of it. Absolutely. So the other thing with fuel, Craig, that I want to talk a little bit is about if I had an experience this week that, that really, I think is a is a good way to kind of teach people about how, one way to save fuel on if the better understanding um, how to purchase fuel smartly. So anyway, I started kind of really thinking about it and how to present it, and I realized you know what this needs to be its own podcast because it's just too much information to add on to <laughs> um, a financials episode. Right. So, I want. I kind of want to give a teaser. I think this is what we're going to talk about next week. But we're going to talk a little bit about understanding if then fuel taxes and how really understanding that puts you ahead of the game because most people don't get IFTA and they don't factor if then fuel taxes into their fuel purchases. And when you do, like in this situation, I saved at least seven cents a gallon. Um, it may have been even more like 20 cents a gallon, depending on where I purchased, because I understood IFTA and purchased fuel at a location that on the surface may not have made sense to most people. Well, so, yeah, I mean, even if it was seven cents a gallon, that may not sound like much to somebody who's filling up 13 gallons in a Mazda 3. Uh, but for you know somebody in uh, your situation, yeah, that's uh, not going to be insignificant, especially when you stretch it over... Uh, not just this fill up, but over a week and a month and over your whole year. That's that's significant. Absolutely. Even just one. It's, uh, you know, 150 gallons a pop at seven cents a gallon. I mean, that's more than 10 bucks um, each time you fill up. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chris. Well, uh, hit me with your bottom line then. How was the month? Uh, give me a number. Um, we made just over $2,000 for the month of October, which is is pretty decent. Okay, yeah, and again, this is after you know you've been paid, and uh, you know all your expenses are all factored in, and all that stuff. So two thousand dollars in profit for the company, not bad. Now, does that get you to where you want to be? I know you are a uh, you're you're like um, a one note uh, soprano when it comes to saving, right? You love saving. Did you get to yeah. do all the saving you wanted to this month? Um, not as much as I would have liked, um, but I did. I was able to save a little bit of money. I put seven hundred and fifty dollars um, towards the next uh, next truck payment. So, 
it it was it was better and and I'll probably you know so far we're when, as we're recording this we're almost halfway through November not quite and things have been going pretty smooth this month so hopefully it'll stay that way and uh, we'll have a, a, another really good month in November and can kind of up that savings rate a little bit but still you know two thousand dollars in profit is not a bad month and that's after um, I, I paid myself a little bit over four thousand dollars in the the month of October as a driver as well so you know it it, it it could have been worse yeah nice nice well we're gonna hear all about that I presume in about a month when we do November financials and we'll, we'll uh, I you know what I'm excited for Chris honestly is um, I'm really interested to see what your experience is out on the road during holiday season yeah it, it, it that will be interesting I I still haven't really kind of made the decision if I'm going to try to be home on Thanksgiving or not. I'm, I'm trying to run pretty hard the early earlier in this month so that I can be home over the Thanksgiving break. Um, we'll kind of see how, how that goes. Well, you know, the two most important things in life, Chris, you know what they are, right? The first one is family. Uh, so you got to be there so for I've family. Heard. The second one is making sure that you, uh, you know, get some sort of really nice gift for your podcast co-host uh, for the holidays. So make sure, you know, as long as you got your priorities straight, I'm fine with whatever, you know, you decide to do out on the road. I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind, Craig. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, should we call it there, Chris? Um, that, that was a shameless plug of greater proportions than I think we've seen yet on this show. But yeah, that, I think that's <laughs> probably pretty close to being done. Hey, who? You know what? It's uh, I say we earned it, Chris. It's twenty-eight episodes. We earned our shameless plugs. So <laughs> yeah, I if guess uh, you're right, and in fact, I think we've earned it so well. I'll do one more. So go to HollandAssetsLLC.com for full show notes and previous episodes. Go to iThriveFunding.com if you uh, if you want to hear more about how a good factoring company actually operates. Uh, and uh, what else should we plug, Chris? Uh, Go to MotorCarrierHQ.com for tools and tips. Anything else? Um, I think that, that that about covers it. Good job, Craig. Yeah, excellent, man. I'm I'm that that was even sans notes, Chris. I'm getting pretty You're good at this. Fire today, Craig. <laughs> All right, Chris. I'll see you next week then. All right, we'll see you then. I've got something in my throat. Just a second, let me. Oh, that's all right. Excuse me. Sorry about that. That's all right. Networking super important. There's guys like him. <coughs> man, I can't get it to stop. Oh man, sorry about your throat. That sounded uh, yeah I, annoying. I, I yeah, I'm not sure what was happening because that that hasn't. Uh, maybe it's because like I sit in my truck all day long and I'm used to saying like. A, a grand total of like maybe a hundred words a day and then all of a sudden I've got to spew out a thousand all at once my throat's just not used to it you can put that on the bloopers <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm ready when you are I'm ready <laughs>